1116 SEN. This is the Flag Flyers for the American Australian Association, devoted to strengthening relations between the United States and Australia. Hello everyone and welcome to the Flag Flyers, a place where we profile and chat about all the Aussies flying the flag for us in the US of A. I'm Christopher Taylor and alongside me, he's looking pumped at the moment. Lockie Miller, what's going on buddy? Uh, I'm an adrenaline rush from two days ago at the UFC 193. And you are very... Um, we've, we've had I'm many pro, discussions. I'm, so I'm pro-UFC, whereas it seems clearly. like, well, you seem indifferent or against it, and some of the downtown boys that we had to talk to uh, don't don't get it. And All right, so you know what? I'm going to give you 30 seconds on this. That's all you're going to get. 30 okay. seconds. Defend it right now. Go. Before we get into anything else, let's hear your defense of UFC. Okay, a sport has to have rules, a governing body. It has to have skill involved. UFC has all of that. There are rules. People think it's unsafe. There is more deaths in, uh, like, snowboard half bot. <laughs> Thanks for, like, uninterrupted. Nice. Um, you know, there's more deaths in, like, snowboard half pipe and, and more danger than there is in UFC. Say there are doctors and people governing this. This is not underground street fighting. This is like elite athletes that are primed in martial arts that are steeped in history. These guys are phenomenal, and anyone that doesn't understand that is just ha- has a naive view and is just narrow minded. I don't. I disagree. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> so we've got a big show today, mate. Now, we're going to have a, a special episode today. We're not going to do running the bases. We're not going to chat with any uh, athletes overseas or, or former athletes over here. It's the Ben Simmons half hour. It's the Ben Simmons half hour. We're going to be chatting to Damien Arsenis, our good mate who we haven't spoken to for a long, long time, of course, from pickandroll.com.au. The college basketball season is officially underway. It started over the weekend. It was a terrific to see Ben Simmons play for LSU in his debut game. We're going to be chatting about... Obviously, Ben Simmons, as well as all the Aussies to look, other Aussies to look out for as well. There's a whole bunch. Big, oh, got, big season. Yeah, Dan has got an article. He wrote up an article during the week at pickandroll.com.au about the players to look out for. He has his, um, his first team All-Aussie, his second team All-Aussie. So we'll just have a chat with him like we did last year. Uh, just the players that we should be looking out for this college basketball players season. Players to watch. And if anything, this is also the Chris Tyler season. You live... I love college basketball. On Saturday night, my night comprised of watching three basketball games between 3.30 and midnight, and between 6.30 and midnight. And for a young 20-something, that uh, shows a healthy social life. And you know the best thing about Tuesday is? Uh, Taco Tuesday? Tip-off marathon. 24 hours. Well, I think we only get about seven or eight games, so I'm not completely satisfied. But you know what? Seven or eight games in a day is probably not terrible. Yeah, and, but the thing, I'll, I'll take it. The thing to note this year, what makes it extra exciting is this has to be, without question, I would imagine, the, the most depth Australia's ever had in men's basketball yeah. and even probably women's basketball in the college level, but the most top end talent as well. Like this is this is the the peak. Like if you've ever been an Australian hoops fan and college fan, like this is so far this is the ultimate season. Yeah. Obviously, Ben Simmons is going to be number one, going to come to the, the Celtics. Obviously, we hold <laughs> the new new uh, what are they called? They're not the New Jersey Nets anymore. They're the Brooklyn Nets. We have their unprotected first round pick from the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett trade from a couple of years back. So we own their first rounder unprotected. There's a very, very, very good chance that Bill, Sim- uh, Bill Simmons, Bill Ben Simmons. Simmons, could come to the Celtics. You can, so get, very Bill, much you can take Bill Simmons as well if you want. I mean, I hear he's a bit of a free agent. Well, I was thinking of him because he he kept just going on about the fact that uh, the Celtics are going to get Ben Simmons. Yeah, and like he's I very mean, excited about we don't mean to harp on about Ben Simmons because obviously, and we'll discuss this in greater detail with Damien. You know, the likes of Anthony Drummond coming back for a fifth year. We've got Venky Joyce. We've got Isaac Humphries at Kentucky. We've got um, Jonah Bolt at UCLA. We've got and the um, Louisville guys in Ma- uh, Mango Mathiang and Dengadel. Like, honestly, like, this is going to be one sweet season. It's going to be a very special edition of the Flag Flies as well. So let's get straight into it. Man, it's 
joining us on the show. The first time in a very long time. Our good old friend, Damien Arsenis from pickandroll.com.au. Mate, welcome back. It's been ages. It has been a while. I think the last time we caught up was when we had the Eastern Washington boys in studio. Exactly. And the most exciting thing about getting you back is it means that college basketball's back. Oh, isn't it great? It's been fantastic this weekend to be able to watch a few games, see some of the results and see how some of the um, Aussie players are going. I got very excited watching Ben Simmons the other day. Obviously, everyone was uh, had their eyes on, on that game. LSU versus McNeese State came in, scored the first point of the game. Then he had a nice assist, I think, in that first five minutes. That behind the back pass was just beautiful. How did you assess his performance? Because I said to my mate, I was, I was watching the game with my mate, and I said to him, I think he's going to get a triple-double uh, today. This was before the game started. And he probably would have had he not cramped up. At halftime, he was on just about on track for a triple-double, but cramps kind of got the better of him in the end. He nearly had a, a, a triple-double in the first half, and he didn't need to score. He didn't really need to do any of that. He just let the game come to him, and I think that... It tells a lot. He was smooth, um, and he made it all look very, very easy. And I think that was the biggest thing I took away. He looked a class above everyone else on the court, and it all just came really easy. And in that opening half, too, um, some some of those wide-open shots his teammates missed, he, he could nearly hang that triple-double on them, the one that got away. I've noticed quite a few of my friends that are, you know, avid um, basketball followers and all through the NBA and things like that. You know, you see them coming out of the woodwork now and, and maybe commenting on, on, on Ben Simmons or posting something about it. It seems to me like uh, Simmons could be uh, quite a, it could transcend, you know, basketball in Australia here with, you know, how um, some of our NBA followers start to get into, uh, into, uh, into college. Yes, and and it all started, I guess, when he went to high school, you know, and a few a few of those other Aussies have, have taken the US high school route rather than settle on finishing their high school here in Australia and then heading to college, and that seems to be a path that a lot more Aussies are now taking as well, and they're getting to major programs rather than the mid-major, mid and Ben Simmons is exactly one of those, but he's definitely a class above some of those players in the college action this year. But in terms of actually making Australia, the Australian basketball public take notice of college and actually yeah. follow it a bit more closely, it seems to be he's going to be that figure just before Thon Maker, maybe, um, in terms of you know Australian basketball fans actually start paying you know, the wider population start paying attention to, to college hoops where, you know, we, we have this large following of NBA, but we don't necessarily have it, you know, the same amount for, for college. Yeah, don't you love the advent of the internet? And pay television. Absolutely, I love internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if we go back to you know ten years or you know ten or eleven years ago with Andrew Bogut, uh, he, his games weren't accessible to Australians. They were, um, and if you did get to see it, it was you were very very lucky. So with the advent of technology now, with online mass media, um, all those blogs, everyone getting on it, there's there's more knowledge about Ben Simmons and. Everyone is has a consensus that he is going to be a top three NBA draft pick, if not number one. And the excitement that that brings with it is is just really something that seems to have captured the attention of the Australian public. And I was really inf- impressed with uh, his fellow freshman Antonio Blake Blakeney, who looked really good as well. That could provide a, a pretty decent one-two punch in, in the team, I think, as well. Yeah, I have no doubt that's the case. And I think it, while it's no, no one should be left in any doubt it's Ben Simmons' team. I think he can't do it all on his own, and he's going to need that support around him for that team to be successful. And 
with the, with the step up of that. And Keith Hornsby didn't play either. You know, starting shooting guard as well. So LSU's got a bit to come back into that team still. So that they're going to be very exciting. And Ben Simmons is the excitement machine, and he will be a one and done player and an NBA player this time next year. So Ben Simmons is the only freshman mentioned in your preseason All Aussie first team. We'll go through the other players before we get on to uh, the other freshmen. We want to touch on Anthony Drimmick first, of course. Uh, famously, he got injured after we interviewed him on this show. I say famously because everyone realizes that it's essentially our fault that he got injured, but it does mean he gets an extra year. So he's back for his fifth year, he's a fifth year senior at the moment, and I think big things are expecting uh, from Anthony. Yeah, and he's already delivered to a degree in his first game. Back 23 points in his first game, but it was a narrow loss for Boise State. Uh, how you know Anthony Drimmick coming back? He's going to be able to break a few school records as well. For he's on track to be the first ever player to hit 2,000 career points at Boise State. So his potential and ability to bounce back from that season-ending ankle injury has him um, as a preseason all. Mountain West Conference first team recipient and he's also been shortlisted for the, the 2016 Jerry West Shooting Guard of the Year Award watch list huh. the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. And clearly his ankle's not bothering him anymore is it? It didn't seem to the other day and I think when I spoke to him just before he left to go back to um, Boise he said his ankle was still a bit rough um, but but he's over the over over the hump, so to speak. So Well it's a, it's a mental battle as well so even if you get past the physical side of things it's the mental side that uh, certainly takes a lot of players that extra time to kind of get completely over it. You're right, and that's one of the things he has to battle because he went back, he started last season with, with a dodgy ankle, so to speak, and tried to play through it, didn't get there, and as a result, he, he lost the whole of last year, so that there would be an element of that, but I think he's put a lot of those um, naysayers um, away with that first up performance. 23-point outing is, is a pretty good return in anyone's language. What sort of advantage do you think he has in terms of just being a fifth-year senior, the, the, the physical development that, he, that he's had over, you know, potentially you know, freshmen and sophomores that are coming out of high school? You know, I, I'd imagine that that would be quite an advantage for, for, for Anthony. Look, I don't think it's about size, strength or any of that. It's more about experience and savvy. He's, he's always been a flat-out scorer. He knows he's, he's got a knack to get to the basket. He's got, obviously, an ability to hit from range. And, and I think it's more about the experience. And, I think, and also, what's going to really drive him is about missing that year. This is his one year now to try and get that ticket to the NBA. And I, and I think he's going to try and make the most of that opportunity. And if he can hold up, we could be talking about him as a potential second-rounder. Nice. I didn't really. I just kind of assumed that someone who'd spent five years in college would kind of be off the radar for most NBA teams. But if you could get a look in as a second rounder, that'd be all right. Although a lot of the time, see, this is where it's kind of murky in the NBA um, world. Is that a lot of the time you kind of probably prefer to go undrafted rather than the second round because yeah. if you get drafted in the second round, you're kind of bound to a certain team. Whereas if you go undrafted, you're a restricted free agent. Oh, look. Totally. Or a free if, you, if you're going to be one of those borderline guys, I, I totally agree with you. You'd rather not go drafted, but some people have that. It comes with an element of prestige. You know, to be an NBA draft selection, yeah. is, is, is there is prestige with that. However, as we know, they, uh, teams are very good at stashing players away, some of which never see the light of day. So um, then you've got someone like a Matthew Delavadova, who, exactly. who's well and truly proven. Um, he was, he should have been drafted, wasn't, and worked his way onto the team. And you just need to look at what he's done now. 
Now, the next player we want to have a look at, even casual hoops fans, I think, would be familiar with at the moment based on what he was able to achieve uh, at the end of last season. That's Peter Hawley out of Albany. Obviously, Albany having a tremendous amount of uh, Australians both following them because of the amount of representation that they have in the team. He's coming off the miraculous shot last season that uh, saw Albany make the postseason, and obviously we're expecting big things from him again this season. Most certainly. Peter Hawley still gives me that goosebumps. I mentioned me too. Every time. Me too. Yeah, yeah I, just the thought of it, and just watching that last week again as we head into the college hoop season just really gets that adrenaline flowing. He's had a great start to the year. He's already played a game. He added 18 points in, in, in a loss to Kentucky, though. So Kentucky major program to put up 18 points against that level of talent is a is a pretty good achievement heading in. And the thing about Peter Hall in Albany is they're actually going for four America East tournament championships in a row. So they've they've got a very very big carrot there. That'll be a good uh, career for Peter. Yes, very very good way to go. He he doesn't know what defeat is really. Exactly. Even after everything that happened last year, three in a row going for four. And who can write them off? They're not the favoured team going in this year. Of course, Sam Rowley's moved on. He's graduated, but his brother Michael will be stepping into the starting lineup, and hopefully both Peter and Michael help propel that team to success once again. The next player we want to have a look at, Vinky Joyce out of Eastern Washington. He was one of the uh, four boys that we had in studio with us earlier this year. He's a tremendous player. Probably, would you say he's, he's the most well-rounded Australian playing collegiately over there at the moment? Is he the one that you would say would be expected the most out of him? He's definitely one of those two, and I, I guess if you're talking about well-rounded players, Ben Simmons is probably the prototype. Yep. Um, Benke Joyce isn't far behind. The difference being, Ben Simmons is going to be a one-and-done. Benke Joyce is coming into his senior year, and really it was last year that Benke really made a name for himself on the national stage, and it all started with those back-to-back 38-point games, and in amongst all that was that statement performance in a win over Indiana at Assembly Hall. Yeah, He was just amazing in front of that crowd and just silencing the way that he did. He really lifted in that that game in particular. We were, I think we really saw what Benke Joyce was capable of, and he's been selected as the Big Sky preseason MVP, so he's definitely a player that we should be looking out for Whilst he was a little bit quiet by his normal standards in the opening game, it was his teammate Felix von Hoff who really stepped up. But those two together will be playing a pretty important role in a very um, in a team undergoing change with a lot of new players coming in at Eastern Washington. I know it's a bit of a redundant question because he's in his senior year. He settled at uh, Eastern Washington. He likes it there. He, I mean, he, he wanted to go there. But w- where do you think, based off his skill level, you know, Venky could have ended up in terms of you know his ability to go to a bigger team, bigger conference? Because I sort of imagine one of the reasons why Australia has you know all these guys going into topper, uh, you know, bigger uh, college programs now is because we've proven through some of the the, the guys have gone before them that actually you know we're actually worthy of, of going to those top programs there's not so many question marks whereas I think Venky maybe was a victim of maybe you know coming in to the college system prior to some of our previous guys proving themselves I think that's a fair assessment Lockie um, thank you Damien yeah, <laughs> you go back and you look even your Anthony Drimmicks your Hugh Greenwoods um, they went to mid-majors it was coming, you know, that they, Greenwood and Drimmick in particular led Australia on the world stage um, at, Australia, uh, at the World Junior Championships. So we're talking all tournament five players here, and yet they could only get to a mid-major. They admittedly are doing very, very well. And I think 
you, you, you may have touched on something there that's definitely playing out now where we're seeing a lot of these Aussies not just going to mid-majors anymore, they're going to majors. I also think a lot of that do, does have to do with the fact some of these guys are being heading off to US high school first. They're getting the exposure, they're getting the hype that they otherwise don't get from playing and finishing their schooling in Australia. Now, one of those players who is playing in a major conference is Mango Mathing out of Louisville. We've seen a bit of him over the past year and a bit. He's um, still relatively raw offensively, but defensively is kind of where he shines. What do you expect from Mango this season? I expect a massive season from him, and I, I guess the the barometer for that is how he finished off last year. He cemented a place in in the starting five of a team that went to the Elite Eight. And that's no mean feat to get that deep in the NCAA tournament. So he's done very well there. Then in the off-season at the World University Games, he was Australia's best player, most consistent, most damaging player, both defensively and offensively. So while I think last season we talked about some of those offensive deficiencies, he seems to have addressed some of those and looks set to step up um, more so, not just in the starting defensive role, but to actually take some of that scoring load this season. What about his teammate, Deng Adele? He's mentioned in your all-Aussie second team. I, I, I couldn't not put him in. He is just oozing with talent. He's oozing with athleticism. And he's had some big pre-season games, both in intra-games and, and, and exhibition games leading up. And he's already starting um, on a team that went to the Elite Eight last year. Um, so we're talking about a guy from Melbourne that, just walked into a starting role in one of the biggest programs in the nation. And so you can't ignore that. So we've got two Aussies starting at Louisville this season. In, a, in one of those preseason games, he, he pulled in 35 points and really dominated his, his teammates in that intra-club scrimmage. And that's really had the scouts sit up and take some notice of him already. And another one that went to the high school system in the US. And, and obviously another one, I think I, I saw the other day on the South Sudanese Australian National, bus- I forget what the Basketball Association uh, website, the amount of, you know, the, the Aussie South Sudanese basketballs that are over in college now, like it's, uh, it's quite, a, quite a talent um, uh, pool that's gone over there. Oh, there is indeed. And, and most of them are taking the high school route as well. So they're at least getting to, to one year of US high school before they're making that leap. They get the hype, they get the exposure, and, and that's helping them get to those major programs. And they're not just going to be bench players either, as we're seeing with with Adele. They're they're stepping into starting fives in, as a freshman. Um, so that's really big kudos to some of these guys, and we're going to see more of this in the years to come. And just on that, I just sort of a thought that's occurred to me now: Is there any reason for maybe Basketball Australia rethinking their development structure? You know how we got the Basketball Centre of Excellence and all that sort of stuff. That maybe maybe we should outsource high school. In the US? Well, uh, from what I gather, and, and this is without knowing, I think in a way, if, if, if the young Aussies are making that decision to head over early, I believe that Basketball Australia is supporting that now. Um, Fantastic. I, I, I just, with the number that are going over there, I can't see how they're not. And we, we do want these guys at some point to return and play for Australia. And I think... The good thing of the World University Games this year, we saw guys like Mango Mathiang come back and, and represent their country and, and, and do really well. And I really think 
After, particularly what happened with Cameron Bairstow um, in the last World University Games. You know, we saw Cameron Bairstow really step up, have a massive World University Games, and then go back to college for his senior and final year and just absolutely dominate. And I think that helps with that connection. And Basketball Australia would be very, very wise um, to maintain those relationships with those players and just provide the support and guidance that they really should do and, and provide the players with and not just be strict about it's either here or the highway. Now, last season, we were looking forward to watching Jonah Bolden at UCLA. Unfortunately, we couldn't do that. He was really ineligible for the season, but we get to see him this year. What can we expect from Jonah? Because he's someone that's uh, come with a lot of hype and obviously playing for UCLA, that's a big-time program. So I think a lot of people in Australia would certainly love to know what Jonah's capable of. He's capable of a double double every game. In all reality, six foot ten, big man, athletic. He's been biding his time. He's had to bide his time to sit out due to eligibility issues, um, and now he's got a chance to play. But we're, we're gonna, we've had to wait a little bit longer, I guess. You know, UCLA opened with a loss, but there was no Jonah Bolden sitting up, and that's because he was um, suspended by the team for some disciplinary issues. I don't know what they are, but that, that's that's the Doesn't story. Doesn't sound good, does it? I hate UCLA. That. Yeah. I mean, and the funny thing was, I think uh, maybe potentially some people in Australia that do follow college troops sort of just unwittingly forgot about him because he was out for a year. But, you know, he, he, he had a, a massive high school career. I think, was he a McDonald's or American as well? Or he was he was up there in terms of the national... He was up of... in the rankings. I don't believe he was an All-American, but he was certainly highly rated throughout his high school career. Uh, so he, he look, he's definitely one person to look out for. And quite frankly, UCLA need him. What about Xavier Cook? Xavier Cook's out of Winthrop. He um, he's, he's already played, hasn't he, this, um, in the last couple of days, and he played really well. Yeah, he played today, actually, and he absolutely starred. So he's been recognised as being an all-conference co- all co- all um, second-team member in the preseason, and in the Big South, I think it is, off the top of my head, and he was fantastic in an opening win over Hampton today. He had a 22-point game with nine rebounds, so one short of a double-double, but he also had four blocks to really demonstrate his versatility. And he's the son of a gun, Eric Cooks. We've spoken about that last year as well, former NBL player and coach. What about Nick Duncan out of Boise State? Anthony Drimmick's teammate. We know a bit about Nick Duncan, but you've got him in your uh, preseason All-Aussie team? Well, Your second preseason? Yeah, I, I, I was umming and ahhing whether to keep him in or he's just on the periphery. And I think you know, even before we came on the show earlier, we were talking about how many good quality players we have coming into this year. You know, we could probably try and squeeze a good 18 or 20 into the top 10 if we could, but, you know, that doesn't work. So Dick Duncan's one of those guys. I think his experience probably got him into my top 10 this year. Um, obviously, he's got a capability to hit from range. He had a massive ending to the year, being named to the all-conference Mountain West tournament team. And... Uh, Boise State need him, and I think having a guy like Anthony Drimmick back in the lineup with his ability to slash and kick is really going to benefit from his presence this season. Now, I like seeing someone's name followed by the word Kentucky, and that's what <laughs> we've got with Isaac Humphreys. He's a big center, a lot of lot of hype uh, for Isaac, and it's going to be good to see an Aussie suit up for Kentucky. 17 years old. 17 years old. Yeah, so Isaac Humphreys reclassified um, and, and took a few by surprise in doing so. Um, there was a little bit of talk that it may happen, but it, but he followed through and has ended up in Kentucky. Now, we're talking about a player, if he had waited a year, he could have been 
uh, you know, close to a one and done or maybe even two seasons and head off to the NBA type player. But because he's there so young, I think we're going to see him there for at least two years, if not three. Uh, but Kentucky need him and he's going to play a support role. He might take it. He might not see a lot of court time to begin with, but I think as the season wears on, we're going to see him play um, a more prominent role in the rotation in coming off the bench. You know, seven-footers don't grow on trees, and seven-footers that can actually score and and make that kind of impact offensively are a rare breed at the moment, and I think he's got that ability to make a bit of an impact. Do you like the fact that he reclassified? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that move? It's an interesting move, I guess, when you've got that much talent and ability, if you, and, and he's obviously a smart guy, to be able to finish his studies and, and be able to reclassify early as well. So... To have that opportunity, if, if you're talking about entering the the world of employment, which is what he's going to be looking forward to at some point, he's going to be able to do it earlier, potentially. So his employability right now, 17-year-old, coming off the bench at Kentucky in his first year, is, is looking pretty good, I would, I would argue. A lot of players in Kentucky end up in the NBA. I think it's perfect. I mean, the fact that he can uh, can you know force himself to stay have to stay at least two years as opposed to just the one and done because of his age. Uh, you know, the exposure to the bigger bodies. You know, obviously the Kentucky system, all that sort of stuff. I think uh, this is perfect for his development. Oh, it's hard to argue against it, isn't it? And you know, if if you or I had the opportunity and the talent to be able to do so, I, I don't think any of us had knocked that opportunity back. And Kentucky. With the coaching staff, the environment, the the fans, and the talent that they've got on their team, you know, it's a it's a, it's it's a breeding ground for NBA players. And Isaac Humphries will be an NBA player. That's what I like to hear, man. Thank you so much for joining us on the show again, mate. We missed you here in the Flag Fires. <laughs> we love you, we, Damien. We love having you back on. We love hearing your voice. We love hearing your expertise, and we love tones. talking college basketball, mate. Thank you for joining us, and we'll speak to you soon. Will do. Damien, I stand there from PickandRoll.com.au previewing. It was not really a preview, because the season's kind of started already, but he's just kind of letting us know about all the Aussies that we should be looking out for. So, not exactly a preview, but he's the best man to speak to when talking about Aussies in college basketball, my friend. Without question. Without question. That's why we get him on the show. That's why we love him. That's why we love talking hoops, and that's why I love doing the show with you, as we do every week. Lockie, thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you. For as if you were a guest. Yeah, as if I was a guest. <laughs> well, I pick, and, I pick and choose when I come in. But yeah, but yeah. This is only your second show in like two months, so I have the right to treat you like a guest. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, we're biding time. Are we got to wrap this show up? We probably do. You in next week? I think I'll, I'll think about it. That's good. I'll see you then. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America. Yes.